0: Thanks for joining me for another grassroots marketing on CannabisRio.com. We are, once again, featuring another featured guest uh, doing a couple of things, multi-tiered in their approach to advocacy and also providing great products. The company creates high-quality oral silicate glass since 2004. They're advocates for the cannabis community, culture, and causes. And they're definitely furthering their causes and really the plight of putting a positive message for cannabis as they have partnered with comic artist and author, which is one of our guests today, uh, Brian Box Brown, to create a zine that rebrands the concept of Reaver Madness. The project aims to challenge the stigmatization of cannabis use and promote a more informed and positive perspective on the plant. And joining Brian is the director of brand partnerships for Grav, G-R-A-V, Red Rodriguez. Red and Brian, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. So, Red, I'm going to start with you. Can you give me a little idea about collaborating with Brian and deciding to put a a zine? Talk to me about this concept and and trying to take on the largely misaligned and misinformed legacy media and all the other uh, forces out there that want to go and continue to push the narrative of Reefer Madness.
1: Yeah, well first you know we're big fans of the work that brian does on his own you know and his work and the stuff that he does that touches based on the cannabis industry really just shows some of the ins and outs of the industry and the way and kind of the method of delivery is puts it plain and simply for anyone to understand so we're super excited to be working with him And when it comes down to the concept, you know, this is something that we're seeing very much alive and well today is almost over a hundred years ago, the movie reefer madness came out that depicted, you know, the cannabis user as a crazed person, you know, and that narrative became a stigma that has influenced how we look at the cannabis plant and how we look at the cannabis user. So what we're saying today is that like, that narrative exists, but it isn't the cannabis user who has it. It's, you know, the politicians and it's the media continuously to, you know, continuous, the salacious narrative on cannabis.
0: Now, Brian, I want to go and point out to you. There's a lot oh. that I could take time to go and talk about what you've already done in terms of your work in, in art and being an author. So you had comics appear in The New York Times, Playboy, New York Magazine. uh, Your books, you actually helped in the book of uh, the New York Times bestseller, Honor to the Giant, Life and Legend, Tetris, the games people play, the legalization of weed in America and others. And you have a cannabis comic that's called Legalization Nation that focuses on the nuances of the cannabis industry, focusing while on its way to becoming legal. So as you put this together, talk to me about the insight and trying to go and put visuals and text to counteract the ongoing onslaught of misinformation out there.
2: Yeah. So I make comics and uh, they're like pretty simple to read and nice to look at. And what it does is it, it demystifies a lot of the stuff that's going on in cannabis in very simple, easy to read terms. Um, There's a, on airplanes, Uh, there's a card in the front seat in front of you that tells you what to do in case of an emergency Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's pretty much a wordless comic telling you exactly what you do if the plane starts going down because uh, in an emergency you need everyone to understand something extremely important, extremely quickly and kind of that's how I see my comic: is that there's a lot of stuff going on surrounding legalization uh in this country and uh it's really complicated it's like the concepts surrounding it are complicated the businesses around it are complicated and you know the regulations are complicated um you know one uh, one law legalization uh law in one state might look nothing like uh, the law in another state um and uh I think it's important for people to know this stuff because, um, you know, we want to work on these problems now, I think, um, instead of passing laws that um, amount to cannabis blue laws um, and then have them be in place for 100 years, like uh, with alcohol prohibition. I want to ask this
0: question, and this is always something I constantly ask about on other programs. Our Blunt Business Program, our companion series, along with grassroots marketing. This is my thing when it comes to reefer madness. You're absolutely right. And I want to continue to go ahead and change the narrative as well. But I want to say this. There are some people that market and they are business owners in this industry. They continue to go ahead and further the same narrative because it's a marketing tactic. And oh, no, I enough, agree. Enough, enough. I mean, I can go to New York City, and I saw enough people with cannabis leaves out there that are head shops or whatnot. That just going to go ahead and go along with it because he think that's the the end all be all. The same thing over and over. It's the responsibility of the industry to change that narrative as well. When we represent ourselves on television, in like say if a, if there's a seven minute news shot on a cable newscast or any uh, articles are going out there. I mean, what is it about us that should be do, being done better?
2: Um, here's what I think, honestly, is that we don't have to change. The people around us need to change. Um, there's, we don't need to go onto TV wearing a suit and tie to project an image of something, uh, because we know you know who we are, and what this is all about. And, and and the problem, you're right, is in the non-users head, and how what they think about the user. That's not really the user's problem. That's the non-user's problem. Um, what happens is we start catering in our legalization to the non-user, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is not, you know, in business really not who you're 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 wanting to. We're placating fears that are really unfounded, you know. And I'm talking about things like forcing businesses to have 24-hour security. Um, and, you know, things like this, yes, okay, maybe uh, you're, you're, you're just sure that everything's safe. You know, you have to have cameras on every single square inch of the building. Um, yeah, okay, fine, just in case. But all that stuff is, like, extremely um, expensive and also can kind of add to the stigma. You go to a store that's supposed to just look like any other store on the street, and you walk in, it's supposed to blend in, right? You don't want it to stand out because people get uh annoyed with that. But you have you have to have two enormous security guards with guns on their hips at the front door. I mean, I don't know if that that's creating more of a visual stigma on cannabis that it's so dangerous it needs armed guards in front of it. You know, it's not uranium, it's not well, Fort Knox. Brian, I'll put I I I
0: understand your, your argument. I want to say it like this. Let me get, check, let me go ahead and try to reposition this here. I think part of it is, is because we've had those that are trying to go and reach out to policymakers, the people that are going to be responsible for allowing, number one, to get legalization to happen, federal oversight you know, nationwide. The second part is these business owners, they want to be able to make money on their businesses. They might not have all the actual know-how, so they have people coming on board that are going to come in suit and tie And they're going to be all these C-level executives from Fortune 500 companies. They're going to come in and infiltrate. They're going to go ahead and corporatize all these different MSOs. That's going to be a normal thing, too. But I think the other thing, too, is my opinion. My opinion, I think the dispensary model is something that has to be relooked at because you have to revisit because of the idea that, you know, if you're going into a cannabis, you know, a medical cannabis treatment center, more like a pharmacy, more like a hospital, like a medical setting. That makes more sense when you're trying to get somebody to go ahead and engage medically. But then when it comes to the adult side, for those that want to buy flour, it's as if you want to change the look of that where it's not not encompassing Reefer Madness. The other thing is you want to be able to see products. You want to be able to see store shelves, conventional mainstream store shelves, having cannabis-related products. So you want to see CBD products on the store shelves in a drugstore. You want to be able to see cannabis-infused beverages alongside alcohol in a liquor store or in a beverage store, anything like that. I think that's where we that's the normalization I'd like to see. And I think we can have a mixture of both. What do you say?
2: Well, I think like if you look at something like the beer industry, right? Um, and what's dominating the beer industry for the last several years, decade, uh, it's craft beer. And if you go into a liquor store that sells beer, they have like the most brilliant creative marketing art all over these beer cans um and no one's saying that you know they have dunkin donuts beer you can get beer that has hershey's chocolate in it you can get you know beer that tastes like oreos you know no one is giving saying that these beer companies are marketing towards children right and in almost every state where they legalize cannabis there's laws that prevent the packaging from being attractive. And right. you know, in in the black market, honestly, the traditional market, the packaging is can be awesome. <laughs> and right, and right. we're treated like adults in the in the traditional market. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think like the thing that's really going to start to make a change in terms of stigma. Is treating cannabis use, and and I know this uh, also from comics because I I face, believe it or not, there is a lot of stigma surrounding comics. You know, you say you make comics. People think you're making uh, superhero comics for kids. Uh, It's always like you're making stuff for children. Uh, None of my comics are for children. They're all. No, I don't
0: think, I I think on the contrary, when you have so many movies and so much intellectual property, all this entertainment that is superhero based or anime based for a younger and older audience, I think. That's a great approach to market because if you're offering that and you have an audience, you know, of the Generation Z or millennials that are very much engaged and it doesn't matter if they're an adult or not, I think it's a great way to go and approach.
2: Yeah. So I'm just saying, though, that like um, when when there's the stigma surrounding cannabis is kind of similar because you have the media often treats cannabis users like they're. Um, childish, immature, stupid, lazy, et cetera. You know, you you even see it in mainstream newspapers, uh, you know, using things like uh, pothead, whatever, stoner is often as a pejorative. Um, And so like the adultification of cannabis, where we start treating cannabis users like adults and we start treating cannabis providers like adults, and stop treating them like, like, their children. But you um, know, I'll tell you this: that's going to go a expect, long
0: way. You're right, but we can't expect traditional media outlets to go ahead and change their minds overnight. It's not going to happen. Let's they can't, I mean, but we can, going They're delusional.
2: Absolutely not accept the way it is now no. No. No, and no, complain don't, about don't, it as much as possible and raise it as an issue. Right, but because, it's because it, it is and it has it. been an issue for a long time. Right, but they're going to monetize
0: and, that narrative because you they know there's still an audience out there, an aging audience at that, that still thinks that's the right way to go, but we know there are much more people Right, but
2: we can also work with we can also work with mainstream news outlets that aren't cable TV news and have uh, nuanced opinions about everything and can have a nuanced opinion about cannabis uh, that's not, you know, uh, fallacious or, you know, outrageous, scandalous, etc., you know,
0: but there has to be a level playing field and there has to be some kind of objectivity red. I want to get <laughs> yeah. back to you real quick. And what I want to get for you is now with grav itself, you know, it comes down to the fact that you create glass and you create, you know, very high quality uh, products. And then you're going along, you know, almost two decades in the glass industry, putting out great products alongside this advocacy push what I want to find out is I want to just get your take on what we've been talking about with Brian when it comes to, you know, marketing and branding. While there are some companies that are still kind of playing to that, the other thing is when you're creating a glass products, glassware, there's going to be some people that are going to just feel like, well, if they're going to buy, they're going to want to have something that has a little bit of an attach or kind of a tinge of that, you know, controversial reefer Magnus narrative. What do you think?
3: Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: On uh, the point that you made with Brian, you know, and I think that, you know, we spoke about the normalization of cannabis through a retail environment, but I don't think that's where the magic will actually happen. And I don't think a dispensary will normalize cannabis overnight. And I think the true normalization of cannabis will happen at the point of consumption so once we once we see more people consume in public and proud if you will you know or we see more lounges restaurants and the intersection of cannabis and hospitality with public consumption that's when we'll see the no, the, the the normalization of cannabis and the and the stigma kind of lessen. is when we see more people consume in public you know i think today you know we think about the alcohol industry and the relationship people have you know, with a glass of wine, you know, at a round versus how they, you know, have a relationship with the grocery store, they purchase that same bottle of wine. The consumer behavior changes, the social behavior changes, you know, and I think the true normalization of cannabis will happen at the point of consumption mm-hmm. and how we're 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 speaking of public consumption.
0: Hmm. You make a great Even, point, Red, because of the fact that the consumption lounges that are coming in through Las Vegas, they're gonna happen in New York major cities are going to have those. They're going to try to create a full entertainment experience and they're going to go a different direction. And I think that's one way to go ahead and definitely change that whole narrative altogether. The other thing too is I think, I also think consumables, so edibles, you know, drinks, that's going to help become the gateway and a good way of allowing people to go ahead and adopt cannabis. And then they're going to move forward and they might go ahead and fall into going into the flour or dabbing or taking a glass where like yours to go ahead and consume with. They might go to that route. That's where that's really what it comes down to is that there's gotta be a whole spectrum of products available in the right places for people to go and find and buy. And that's what's gonna change because people, when they get the chance to try, they see the benefits. And when they also continue to hear the stories of people that are using it for medical use, and they say, Wow, this is really it's not the cure all, it's not the end all be all but it's a lot of good treatment. It's a lot of goodness to that. It's organic. It's pure. It's nothing like prescription drugs. It's a different story. For sure. Uh, Brian, did you want to go ahead and jump in there? I know you had something else you wanted to go make mention of. Uh,
2: Oh, I just uh, wanted to make the point that um, there will be changes. I think in terms of uh, there will be space, more space made even, even not in public, um, even at like private parties um, where, You know, you go to a a backyard barbecue, there's beer and wine, burgers everywhere. Um, I think we're going to start to see a shift where the cannabis user doesn't have to bring uh, their own cannabis and smoke it in their car or something before they go into the party. There's an area for them to use cannabis. We're providing you with uh, that. We have joints for our our guests who might want to use them. Things like that.
0: Now, one other section I want to ask you about, both when it comes to this narrative. We talked about media we talked about how the news wasn't portrayed but what about the entertainment side i mean especially during covid we had a lot of different programming that was going on because people were all streaming content and there was a lot of st- a lot of content on streaming outlets that was cannabis related but it also played into that narrative of the stoner stereotype but what do we do on the entertainment side especially now like listen for instance we have the writer strike right now we have A lot of places where people can put out content and they're not going to traditional cable network and sometimes streaming, they're not willing to go and pay that subscription fee anymore. They're kind of they're they're starting to deter from it. So there's a there's room for free content to find it where they could find it. What about that part? So there if there's comic books like yours, Brian, what about other forms of entertainment to help create why there should be a normalization? It can't just be all Pineapple Express. Redder. Brian, whichever one of you want to go answer that.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to content in kind of the entertainment industry, it kind of seems to always lean in, you know, to the most comical archetype of cannabis. You know, and I think that, yeah. you know, we touched on this a little earlier is that like we don't have to kind of suit up, you know, and kind of fit the narrative of what normal or what society deems to be acceptable from a cannabis user or anyone who uses it, Um, but I think that like a deeper issue during the pandemic was that cannabis became an essential business alongside with the post office, the police, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, hospitals, you know, but it's still, the United States still jailed um, nonviolent cannabis offenders. And I think that like during the pandemic, we saw something from a larger scale that's still upholding the stigma. While we can deem a cannabis industry as an essential business, while also jail, uh, housing jail people who are in jail, essentially for nonviolent cannabis offenses.
0: So let's kind of go along with this. And let's talk real quickly, Red, about the product line, because there's a lot of great products that you have on the website. All different glasses. Uh, you have the SIP series, you have the Helix, you have the original Grab. the Stacks. the Upline, the Orbis all these different contraptions, all these different makings. Take me behind just the build of all these because they're quite detailed. There's a lot of physics behind on how this all works uh, to make it work. So talk to me about that and just the level of craftsmanship you have out there. Even with the Gravitron, these things are just really works of art. Talk to me about that.
1: Truly, you know, I think one of our... One of our differentiators is some of the silhouettes that we put out, you know, and the profiles that we put out. And we're super stoked on some of the ones that have launched this year. And our head of product design is super revered inside of the glass space. And, you know, he, he Micah Evans, he's a huge glass blower and has an amazing personal style. You know, he's even done an all-glass sewing kit that was feed, that's currently featured in the Smithsonian. So a lot of the stuff that you see and a lot of, a lot of the profiles that you see at grab is stuff that we've designed ourselves.
0: Fantastic. So I see also that for those who want to go ahead and buy any of the glassware, you got free order or free shipping on orders over a hundred dollars, domestic ground shipping, and you got quite a bit that's out there. Now just going to wrap things up real quickly with the, the zine and what you're doing right now at the moment, that we got talked about so this is actually being pushed out for 420 so right now uh, you have along with the, the zine you also have a rolling tree and t-shirt that'll be available on the grab website is there is that still available right now and what should people do to go and get their hands on it is it only on the website is it also in stores in the uh, dispensaries
1: well currently the zine we have uh, available for a digital download so if you go to grab.com um, the zine is currently featured, and we do have a, a T-shirt as well with some of the artwork on the comic. Um, but on May 18th, we are releasing the rolling tray and a printed zine that will be available on Grav.com.
0: Fantastic. Let's go and leave it there. Uh, really appreciate you both being on with me. Again, Director of Grand Partnerships for Grav, uh, Red Rodriguez, and comic book an author, and also the author of uh, Reef, Rebranding Reef for Madness, Resisting Modern Cannabis Propaganda, Brian Box Brown, thank you both gentlemen for being on with us. Really appreciate you taking time out.
1: Thank you. Thanks for your time. Bye, everyone.